real estate biz is drastically changing. And modern real estate success can't be learned in some old course manual. This is everything they never told you about real estate. Where industry leaders expose secrets to success, contemporary lead generation, and how to dominate social media. All moderated by your host, the real estate goat and queen of social media, Carrie Sauvé. Welcome, I am your host, Carrie, and I am joined with a special guest. Her name is Melana Simzik. She is a realtor in Windsor. Um, I wanted to have her on here for a couple of reasons. First of all, her bio is impressive. I usually have realtors on that have been in the industry for like 10, 15, 20 years. Melana has been on uh, a realtor for about a year, a little over a year, and in just a year, She's done over 300,000 GCI. She's built an entire team with five realtors and two support staff. Am I right? And yes. you run the largest real estate invest, investor networking event um, in Windsor, mm -hmm. which is quite impressive. So this is a podcast, Melana, for realtors primarily, kind of like, to help out and you know give it advice where we can and being so new and just literally beating the crap out of Windsor real estate in one year <laughs> is so impressive and I want you to share everything so thank you so much for coming on today thank you for having me on Carrie um yeah <laughs> it's been a it's been a hustle the past year and um yeah it definitely wasn't wasn't easy getting to this point but uh i'm i'm satisfied with kind of how far i took things and i plan on taking it even further in the windsor market here yeah i i, I do i found you on tiktok actually and i was really impressed with your tiktok <laughs> videos i i feel like you are thank so you systemized and you have some really cool products and resources for buyers and sellers in Windsor. Like, I, I think I downloaded your map of A, B, C <laughs> in investment areas in Windsor. Which, <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. And I thought that was really, it's really inspiring to see somebody so new to the industry doing things so well and properly right from the beginning because most realtors are honestly they're they're lost in like maybe their first three years let alone their first year so did you have a mentor did you have somebody teaching you or showing you what you need to do yeah so i i started off with a team my first month so basically how the timeline worked i i worked as an icu nurse before i became a realtor so my last three months of my career there, I built up my TikTok, my YouTube. Um, I did have a friend that works with a lot of social media creators mm -hmm. and he kind of gave me some pointers there. Um, so he basically got me into making short videos and I uploaded my first short video on TikTok three months before I became a realtor, basically talking about real estate investing because that was my thing while I was in nursing. And that blew up to over a hundred thousand views. 
So I kind of like snowballed from there. So three months in, I started on a team. I was already bringing in my own leads from social media. Um, the team helped a little bit. Like it, it helped me uh, figure out the forms that I needed. I got a few systems from it. But honestly, I was in it for about a month before I realized it wasn't uh, it wasn't worth the split. <laughs> I was like 90% of the business is bringing in leads and I was already doing that. So all I needed was just the initial kind of forms and systems to get me going. And then I went off on my own a month later. So um, yeah, I I didn't really have like a realtor specific mentor. I tried a mentorship program about six months in because it, it, it is hard <laughs> to try mm -hmm. to figure out all of this on your own. But um, like for, for that program, it, it really focused on um, banging out a lot of calls. And for me, honestly, like the calls are very important to, to follow up with clients. But for lead generation, for me, it wasn't applicable. I get all of my leads from social media and I'd rather spend the time making videos where the leads come to me rather than making like 200 calls a day and trying to get these cold leads. So I, I did try a, a mentorship program that didn't really kind of fit my, uh, my criteria there, but most of my mentorship has been towards social media. That's, that's what I've been focusing on. And the business just naturally came from that. Um, and then as for, you know, I, I had a background in real estate investing, so that gave me a little bit of a, a head start there. Okay. So let's talk about the realtors that have been in this business for 10 years and yeah, they can bring in leads from various, whether it's social media, whatever, whatever the ads, lead generation companies, wherever their leads are coming in. And they've been in this business for 10 years and they struggle with conversion. So what the hell? Like you must be a absolute natural <laughs> at closing for to be able to or just have like a another level of confidence to be able to close as a new agent. They, I appreciate the compliment. Um, I, I can't really say it came naturally to me. Um, so I, I wanna thank like my nursing background for kind of helping me with the conversion process because when I was in nursing, I focused on what's the best thing I could do for my patients. like. How can I help them? And I basically just took that mentality into the realtor field. I don't focus on conversion. I focus on helping the people. And if it means I can't convert them, then that's how it is, right? Mm -hmm. So um, like I'll, I'll have seller consultations frequently where I like I, I seriously don't recommend selling. Like it's not in their best interest to sell at the moment. And they'll come back to me like a few months later and maybe this is a, a better time for them to sell. So all I focus on with my clients is how to help them. Like that is my first and foremost thing. So uh, I, I feel like that's helped me with conversion. It was just like, a, <laughs> it was just the results of me trying to help my clients that led to me converting them. I, I focused on their goals and what was best for them, mm -hmm. um, for their, for their um, you know, criteria in their life. So you led with basically just really good intentions and um, empathy and you know what? I, I feel like maybe that's where a lot of realtors are lacking. Um, they're looking mm -hmm. at everything transactionally 
as opposed to creating relationships. And that starts with, you know, lead follow-up. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it starts right there. So, right. Okay. So the name exactly. of this podcast is everything they never told you about real estate. So I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. you know, you've been in this for a year. You're kind of still at the beginning. So you would have a really good um, insight into what newer agents are thinking when they come into this industry. What's the one thing that mm-hmm. nobody ever told you about this business? Um, number one, the roller coaster that it is. You will experience like the peaks and lows of human emotion <laughs> in this yeah. industry. And uh, somehow it happens to correlate with the number of sales <laughs> that you have as well. Um, and then the the second thing is uh, staying consistent. So even at those very high points and very low points, you do the exact same thing, exact same thing. Don't, don't celebrate the really highs. Don't feel bad about the really lows. Stay at an even level, do the exact same thing every day. And, um, that those are like the two things I wish I knew before I started, because I've literally been through that roller coaster multiple times the the past year. So, um, yeah. And also you're going to be working really long hours trying to figure stuff out <laughs> along the way. Um, and yeah, it, it, and it's not easy money, like how, how people think it is. Yeah. So I think that was like four. Yeah. 300,000 GCI and, you know, I'm in the GTA. So, uh, that looks a little bit different than it would in Windsor. I have to imagine that has a lot of fucking sales uh, for one year for one person. (laughs) And how did you manage that? Like you're a new agent, you are, you know, just figuring it out. And obviously at the same time as doing the sales, you're putting your systems into place. Right. So you're doing both at the same time. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. What would, what does that look like in, in the Windsor market, um, as, um, unit volume per month? Hi, puppy. <laughs> yeah, I, I told you she'd come in here eventually. She opened the door. That's okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Mika, here. by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so in terms of units per month, I was aiming for like that five transactions per month mark. Um, and then for the, the average price of a home in Windsor at the time was around 600000 throughout the year. So you could do the do the math there. Honestly, like, I I don't even think I kept track of the number of transactions I did. I was just banging them out. I know it was somewhere over 30, but um, like the money I I definitely (laughs) kept track of in my QuickBooks. Um, So yeah, it, it, it was a struggle at the beginning because I had to basically figure out everything on my own. I was with eXp. um, So eXp doesn't have a physical office here in Windsor. So whatever I was doing, I had to build the systems on my own. And I recognized that. So right from the beginning, like my first month, I was writing out exactly everything I was doing from the transaction forms that I was using, how I was filling them out. I would make video tutorials on it. Um, and then about four to six months in, I hired an assistant and I organized all of that into Trello, into a checklist that the, si- the assistant could do to assist me with these transactions. 
And then when I brought the team members on, I just took those systems uh, that I created for her and told her what to do with them for every single team member. So the team members that I have on, they get their forms taken care of. Um, they, they have the social media posts taken care of. So I, I basically just wrote everything down and taught somebody else how to do it. Yeah, I, I did that. Um, I got to tell you, I really never documented my system. So I've, I've been in real estate for almost 14 years. And I'm sure you can imagine oh, up wow. until, you know, four or five years ago, I just, I was operating on autopilot. Some of the things, you know, you don't realize you're doing and you need to document. And about five years ago, when I decided to document all of my systems with my admin, it took a while because everything is so second nature to me. Um, but she really helped right. me with that because she was learning for the first time. Right. So documenting systems yeah. is I feel like if I could give any realtor any advice out there, um, no matter what stage of your career you're in, if you can make detailed documents with links and everything that everybody, any new person or anybody who's never been in the real estate industry before uh, would find valuable, do it because when it comes time to scale, you're going to have to leverage and leverage means hiring, right. right? And in order to, right. you want to structure your business and have everything laid out so there is no guesswork. They say right. um, McDonald's is the perfect uh, example of like a business that is completely systemized and detailed because everything is the same from one restaurant to right. another. And you may want your, your customer service and everything to be on a different level than that. But really that idea is, it remains the same. And then you can bring in anybody that you need to replace any employees at any time because everything's laid out for right. them. Right. So I would. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I would tell realtors to do. Um, so you were a trauma nurse in Detroit. Tell me a little bit about that. That must have been. Uh, it, it was fun. I, I wasn't trauma. I was a medical ICU. So um, technically I was like a COVID ICU nurse because I started at the, the perfect time over there when the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I, I worked in the, the medical ICU in, um, in Detroit, Henry Ford Hospital. I, I crossed the border every day. Um, so I lived in Windsor, worked in Detroit. And um, I did that because it, it's better money. You make US money, convert it to Canadian. It was like 1.3 to 1.4 at the time. So I, I um, but my, my experience was, it was, it, it was enlightening. <laughs> yeah. um, it it kind of taught me the fragility of life. Like when the pandemic first started, no, I don't know if you remember this, but everybody was kind of up in the air about what's going to happen. Like it is, or mm -hmm. like, are we going to die from this virus? And um, we were like one of the first, you know, hospitals to start getting COVID patients in there. So um, yeah, I remember our, like our, our team meeting, um, our manager told us, yeah, we're going to start getting COVID patients. Like, this is what we know. This is what we don't know. Uh, the next day I got life insurance <laughs> and I was like, 
I was actually like prepared to to die essentially. Like I I had no idea what was what was going to happen. So um it 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 was difficult like watching watching a lot of people die through through the pandemic especially in the medical ICUs that's normally where it happens. Um so I I went through that I quit like in February 2022 right when the you know pandemic was kind of ramping down and I'm like okay I I served my time here I don't feel like I'm abandoning the system or my coworkers there um and then that's that's when I became a realtor um throughout the entire thing I was investing in in real estate cuz I knew like if there's going to be another pandemic I don't want to go through that again. I hadn't seen my family for almost a year because I was trying to keep them safe from from yeah. my work environment. So, um yeah, it was it was difficult. Um I I almost felt like I had no control over my life. I I had no choice and I didn't want to put myself in in that position again. Oh wow. I couldn't imagine. I remember um I had a lot of anxiety about it when it first started as well just cuz nobody yeah. knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew much about it. Um so I think everybody was just scared. That's when I actually took the yeah. time and and really um built my coaching program to be honest. So we make decisions uh for our future in you know times of uncertainty because we realize what's lacking right. and what's missing and what's going to position us better in the future. So I actually built my coaching program right. all about social media because um, I've been like in the top five realtors in my city on social media and in my, in all of Ontario for, Oh God, I want to, I want to say like nine years now. Um, I was an OG. So awesome. Yeah, I decide, and, and there's a difference <laughs> between having social media account that kind of serves as a website, a secondary website, and there's um, a difference between mm -hmm. having a social media account and content that brings buyers and sellers to you, and they're very different, and nobody right. really knows how to do that. So now that's what I do uh, right. part time. I share my knowledge with other realtors because. You know, door knocking is not for everybody. I didn't do it at all. I was, I was, yes. I was an FOI realtor, <laughs> right? So, um, I worked as, as like a, a, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I was so scared to door knock just cause of, like I grew up in a strict Eastern European household and like we, we weren't allowed out past sunset and I'm like, I'm gonna and, and you know you watch those crime documentaries and I'm like I I don't want to get murdered door knocking <laughs> so I'm like that literally that was the concern of mine like go like if I, if I were to ever do that so um yeah it it, it can be dangerous though like it can be dangerous for a, a female realtor to to go door knocking so um yeah that's that that's funny you you mentioned that it just brought me back to. Yeah. So what I was like thinking of like, oh, I have to bring pepper spray when I eventually have to do that. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're, we tell Is that, I hope that wasn't. No, uh, no, no, no. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I totally understand. And is Windsor like a rougher area, like in general? I don't know. Maybe because I associate it with Detroit. Honest. 
Yeah, people people think it's nothing like Detroit. By the way, <laughs> I I worked in Detroit and I was I, I've been around Detroit. Windsor's nothing like that. Um, I know it has a bad rep, um, but if you like, I guess there's only two really rough parts of Windsor, and they're getting gentrified right now. So it's only a matter of time before they become nicer areas. So. Um, Ford City, Drillard, I would consider that a rougher area at the moment, and then Sandwich Town. But there's so many city grants coming here and so many investors upping the area that it's starting to transform. So I would consider those two parts the, the rougher areas of Windsor. But if you go to South Windsor or, or LaSalle, even East Windsor, Tecumseh, those are really bougie, beautiful areas. So I, I wouldn't be concerned door knocking there, honestly, but um, yeah, I'm just like I'm a little <laughs> bit paranoid, right? So because <laughs> of the, the culture I grew up into, like we had to, <laughs> we had to try to stay safe. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it's, it's not bad. Like we don't have, um, like it, I, I would say it's better than downtown Toronto for sure. Like we don't have shootings for sure, like Detroit as well. So it's mostly stabbings in the rougher area you know maybe maybe once a year but i think like every city has that every major yeah. yeah you know like every major city has that in their, yeah. in their downtown detroit wow um so my cousin was a um he was at the district attorney's office in detroit he was a lawyer and um whenever my brother or my parents went to go visit him you know he would tell them He'd be like, run stoplights till you get to the other side and you get out of downtown Windsor. <laughs> He's like, I don't care if the lights are red, mm -hmm. you just you drive right through. And I'm like, I I never went there for that reason. I thought, oh my God. Detroit was like, you know, it's got a reputation. <laughs> Yeah, it's getting better though. Like my my dad was the same way when we crossed when we were kids and we would cross the border. He would lock the car doors even after we came onto the highway. Like he thought somebody would just like open the car door on um like driving seventy on a highway. But um yeah, it, it it does have a really bad reputation. It is getting a lot better. There's been so much money being pumped into downtown Detroit. Uh, lots of gentrification going on there as well. Uh, if you if you look at places like Gross Point, which is the yeah. east end of Detroit, there you have mansions, gorgeous houses, and then that's like in the area between downtown Detroit and Gross Point. It's starting to get better and better, and it's only a matter of time before they close that gap. So I know a lot of investors like in that middle there, bringing up the neighborhoods. Yeah. So um, yeah, it. It's it's rough still. There's some zip codes I'd still stay away from, but it, it's it's getting better. Like it, it it is getting better. When when you worked there, and you've been a real estate investor for a while, so did you ever invest on the U.S. side, or did you keep it all on the Windsor side? I I kept it all on the Windsor side. I was considering. Um, the U.S. side, but the, the, it was it was too complicated for me at the at the time with, with the you know the corporate setup and then um, it yeah and that you know being a Canadian citizen I was on a TM visa there at the time so there was some complications with that it was just easier for me to invest in Windsor 
And I still saw, you know, I saw potential in Windsor. I could still get the rents that, um, or the ROI that I wanted in Windsor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was just, just Windsor. So I have a question. You have, you run the largest real estate investor networking event in Windsor. So tell me a little bit mm -hmm. about that because that's a really fantastic idea. And how do you set <laughs> yourself apart from other realtors? Like what, what do you provide to your investors to become the top, you know, networking group? Yes. Yeah. So, um, when I first started as a realtor, um, it was like right when COVID was ramping down. So we used to have a major networking event in Windsor before COVID happened and people were itching to get to that next networking event. Like people loved the real estate investor networking events. Mm -hmm. So I decided, um, with my, with my partner, Brandon Finn, he's a mortgage broker, uh, to, to start a monthly networking event in Windsor. Um, that, you know, we could bring a bunch of people together and we could just talk real estate, learn real estate. So, uh, on average, we bring out like about 30 to up to a hundred people every single month to these events. Um, and wow. yeah, it, like our goal is to basically bring real estate investors together, help them learn. Uh, so we had, I, if you know, Seth Ferguson from the multifamily conference, yeah. he's the one who runs that. We had him as a guest speaker one month. Mm. Um, we had, uh, like, uh, we brought an inspector after we got the residential licensing program in Windsor so we could educate our investors on, you know, the intricacies of that. Mm -hmm. So our goal is like education and networking. And um, in terms of like how my team and how I operate my business to help real estate investors succeed. So for for any clients of ours, they get free admissions to these events. Um, they they get a bunch of resources as well. So any of our contacts, like as investors ourselves, we have contractor contacts, we have insurance brokers, we have mortgage brokers and investors need uh people that know how to work with investors like single family and multifamily are two different beasts. And then once you get to commercial, it becomes even more uh, difficult. Mm -hmm. So uh, we give them that. I, I have like, you know, the price guide, the neighborhood guide. I have the map showing the A to D class areas. So mm -hmm. um, investors know what an A, B, C, D class area is. And um, yeah, it, like uh, I just focus on providing as much value and as many resources to my clients as possible to help them succeed in their goals. And at the end of the day, it makes my job easier because they're educated and they know what they're looking for. And I can find that for them quicker. Yeah. Now, what do you charge? Is it like a monthly membership or is it like a yearly membership or is it per event? It, it's just per event. Yeah. Okay. And what would something like that run? I'm thinking I want to come. I want to come and see what you're doing. It, it's like 20 bucks. It just, it basically just covers the, the food. That's it. Yeah. No. The next one we have, if you're, if you're in Windsor, May 31st at 6 PM, it's on the rooftop of like the best restaurant in Windsor, Winology. Um, so May 31st, 6 PM, it's a free event. It's our one year anniversary. Uh, and we're just gonna, you know, celebrate how far we've come with, with these events. We have over a thousand members in our group as well. So, um, yeah, 
if if you're if you're in town, come to that. I'll I'll let you in personally. Don't worry about the the ticket. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely want to check one of them out, whether it's this month or next. Absolutely. Um, awesome. So yeah, that's that's a really smart idea, and I love the way your brain thinks. I really do. So let's. <laughs> Talk a little bit about Windsor, okay? Because I don't know a lot about Windsor. I've been to the casino, obviously. Um, but I don't know a ton about it. Everyone's so been there. <laughs> if I am, you know, I want to move to Windsor. I'm from out of town. I want to upsize but downsize my mortgage. Um, so I want to be a nice family neighborhood. I want to be in the suburbs. What areas do I want to live okay. in? Uh, LaSalle, South Windsor, East Windsor, Tecumseh, if you want suburb type of feel. Um, so I, I've helped a lot of clients actually retire <laughs> by selling their homes in Toronto. I don't sell it for them. Like a, they have yeah. a Toronto realtor. I never go out of town. Um, and then we buy one in Windsor and they sold their home over there for like 3 million and they get a bigger home in Windsor for, <laughs> you know, 800,000. So they're just pocketing the rest of that money and they're not paying capital gains because it was their personal residence as well. So, um, yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of good areas of Windsor. Um, it, I do have a lot of clients that come from Toronto as well because they can't afford a place over there anymore. So they, they come to Windsor to, you know, get a detached house. That's more affordable for those clients. I recommend, um, B class areas frequently. It's, it's great for tenants. It's still a safe area, but the prices are cheaper. Um, so if, if anybody wants to know like every single area of Windsor, I do have the neighborhood uh, price guide and it, it shows basically average prices and a description of every single neighborhood and it's updated monthly. And then uh, for the investor, you know, investor map as well, I have single family homeowners look at that as well. Um, yeah, just, uh, but overall, I think Windsor's a, a great place to live. It's the most affordable large city in Ontario at the moment. I was born and raised here. So, um, yeah. And it, like it, in terms of economic growth, it's also the best in Ontario. So we have the Gordy, Gordy Howe bridge being built at the moment. We're going to have the mega hospital that will likely rival London's in about like in 2031. So mm -hmm. multi billions of dollars coming over here within the next five years. Wow. Eh? Um, yeah. okay. Uh, what is your cap there for multi-res right now? So uh, if, for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, that's listening, like I'm asking her what the cap rate is. It's, it's how we evaluate, uh, properties. Obviously the higher the cap rate, the better the deal. <laughs> Right. Or the and the, some or would the argue the riskier too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would, um, I'd say like, it would depend what area of Windsor, if you're in the A class areas, the, the cap rate can be as low as 4% over there. If mm -hmm. you're in the D class areas, they could go like six and a half percent. So I, I'd say like, that's, that's kind of the range depending on where you're looking. That's interesting because I feel like in the Hamilton area and Niagara, um, you can get a seven cap easily right now. So that's really interesting that it's easily. terrible at a, you know, mm -hmm. for buyers and that on that standpoint. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Now tell me 
where is your top three favorite restaurants in Windsor for anybody, realtors or just, you know, the general public that may be coming in from out of town, where do they need to go? Uh, number one, Winology. We host our events there every single month as well. Uh, so they, they got one in Tecumseh and they have one in Walkerville. That's my favorite restaurant in all of Windsor. Um, I haven't really thought about other ones in a while. Um, Winology, Penalty Box. Everybody loves Penalty Box over here. If you want affordable filling food, um, their, their chicken there is great. Uh, and then third one, I personally, like, I like Mazar. So that's, those are like my, my top three in Windsor, but definitely Winology, Penalty Box. Those are the go-tos over here. Living in Windsor, do you ever go to the casino? Do you go a lot? I live in Niagara Falls, just to let you know. So <laughs> people ask me this all the time and I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe once or twice a year. <laughs> I'll tell you what I used to do. I... I don't, I never go to the casino now, but like when, when I was a university student and I didn't have money, I used to go into the casino, get a free cup of coffee and then walk out and go walk by the riverside with my coffee. That's like, I did that on a, on a weekly basis. I, I'm not one, like I don't gamble much. I don't, I don't yeah. drink much. So it, there's, there's no reason for me to go to the casino unless there's like a concert or something going on. So yeah, absolutely. So, okay, um, you're obviously bringing in with your business a ton of leads and they're, what percentage do you, would you say is coming from social media? Uh, 90, over 90%. Yeah. Okay, so. Most what, of them from social media. So what tips would you have for realtors around social media on how to generate leads as opposed to getting followers? Because followers, we both know followers don't matter. You can have a very small audience and uh, as long as your content is right. on point. So what kind of content should they be creating? Yeah, so um, I, I want like, I like to say this every time people ask me this, like a thousand followers is all you need to make a living. A thousand good followers. So um, the number one tip I would give is provide value in every video. Do not try to sell anyone. You're giving information out for free. The people will naturally just gravitate towards you when you're seen as an industry expert. So um yeah, that, that's number one, provide value for the client that you want to get. So um, the, the way I would start it off is I would literally think about your client, like think about what they're thinking about, what they want to look for, and then create video ideas based off of this person. So that's, that's how I attract leads. So if I want to attract more sellers, I'll think about a person who wants to sell in Windsor. So I'll think about an out-of-town person looking at selling. I'll think about someone who wants to move into a larger home, and then I'll create video ideas based off of that. If I want to attract more buyers, I'll do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is staying consistent with your videos. It like the quality and the fancy equipment don't matter as much. The value matters and your consistent consistency matters. So you want to be top of mind. You want to be providing value all the time. And then clients will just naturally gravitate towards you. The third thing you have to do after doing that is make sure you have a funnel to catch these people 
when they are interested in working with you. So I have multiple funnels set up. Like I have all those resources that I offer. I have a Calendly link that's accessible on all my platforms. And that's how I basically like I uh, people create appointments with me and that's how I get the leads in. Yeah, they have to. That's one of the most important things. Um, people need a, an easy way to get a hold of you. And when I when I do an audit of somebody's social media account, you would not believe the amount of agents that not only don't have a contact, um, any contact information, but they also don't even have a location where they traded in their bio. And I'm like, mm. what is how do you expect to any who are you? Yeah, who <laughs> are you and where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's true those, yeah and those are really relevant points like um obviously consistency is key the whole point as a realtor today everybody's doing the minimum you have to do the most right so if everybody's posting right. a picture or a, a a just sold or a just listed on their instagram or tiktok you need to be taking it one step further and, you know, providing value. You always have to be doing the most. Right. If agents are posting once or twice a week, you need to be posting every single day. How many times do you post a day? Right. I've been slacking the past week because I just had to turn over a video editor, but typically I'll do at least six posts, six posts a week. And that's video, mostly video content. Anything extra is pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Some people would even, I've even heard three to five a week or a day for TikTok. I feel like that's super excessive. I have heard yeah the only time i go over the one video per day is when it's just something like entertaining some kind of lip syncing crap that's gonna make people right. laugh right <laughs> just for filler because people yeah. like to be entertained <laughs> it doesn't time. <laughs> right exactly i I tried like the, the lip syncing thing once and my team members never let it go. They'll like bring up the video and be like, Oh, remember when you did this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm never doing that again. Now I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm going to just do the boring informational videos. But, yeah. Yeah. It is right. Yeah. I honestly, like I, I, I don't vibe with the trends to, to begin with. Like I, I kind of have my, my own system that I stick to and in providing information and I'm comfortable doing that. And I feel good about doing that. So, um, that's, that's kind of what I, what I stick to here instead of the, the trends. And what, if any information or any kind of advice that you could give for new agents specifically. So like, I want you to talk to the agent that got their license this month, last month, the month before, and are just completely lost and don't know where their deals are going to come from. What would you tell them? Mm -hmm. uh, number one, start social media video content. It doesn't matter what the quality is. Just start and you're going to figure it out along the way. So that's number one. 
Number two, wait at least three months to, to get your first sale. Do consistent action for three months, and that's video content, that's um, you know calling any leads you have, whatever you need to do every single day, do it consistently for three months and don't expect anything. So um, it, like when I, when I started my social media, like as I mentioned, I started it three months before I got my license and I built it up and I only saw results at the three month mark. Um, even, um, that there's that, I can't even remember his name, that big realtor course coach, uh, Tom, Tom something. I, either way, like he talks about the three month cycles. Yeah, that's it. So he talks about the three month cycles and it is, it is so true. Like you'll even notice if you don't do your stuff consistently and you start back up again, you start to see those big sales happening at the three month mark. So, um, yeah, those are, those are the two tips social media, video content consistently, uh, and then work consistently for three months before you expect results. Yeah, that's something um, because I'm with eXp and I have a downline and I coach them for free. And that's something that I'm always telling them if they're not prospecting, whatever, however they want to prospect, I don't care how they want to prospect. If they're not prospecting right. today, they're not going to eat for like six months because they're about three months right. away from getting a client and then three months away from closing and getting paid. So I've watched realtors, right. Melina, I've watched them literally do nothing one month and I bring this up to them. And then mm -hmm. the next month they say to me, <laughs> Well, you know, I'm going to get going. And I say, well, guess what? You just prolonged again. Like, so it's, it's a right. real struggle. And in any business where you're in charge of making money yourself, consistency and self-regulation is so important. And if you don't have it, get yourself into an environment where you will be held accountable and forced to do it. So if you have to join a team, I don't know right. what it is, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just, just, I, I think, I think a team's a like people know what they have to do. Most of the time it's simple and people know what they have to do, but what humans are missing a lot of the time is accountability. So accountability is like to, to have a coach. That's super important. Uh, to be in a team, it's also super important if you're not seeing results and you know exactly what you have to do. Now you have to put some accountability in place. For me, social media was my accountability because people were watching me. Like they, they were watching me for the next sale. Um, they, they, you know, they follow my stories and even stories were a form of accountability for me because I would wake up in the morning and I would take a picture of me at the gym. And if I didn't do it the next morning, somebody would message me and they'd be like, where, where's your gym photo? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, pe people are, people are watching on social media. So, um, that, that's a great form of accountability. And that's what got me forward instead of having, you know, a team environment for my first year. And then obviously I created the team later and, um, we all kind of keep each other accountable there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on all your success. You are absolutely, obviously doing everything right. So I can't wait to see what the next five years looks for you. If this is what your first year looks like, 
and I'm going to be watching. So there's your accountability. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I also am so confident that you are the best ever. Thanks for listening to everything they never told you about real estate. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. To connect with Carrie or for more information about her coaching program, check out carriesove.ca or at carriesove and associates on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me, Carrie. This was this was super fun. Awesome. Anytime.